It's quite simple, really. You just need to show you some film. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like that. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode. I'm Mitch. And I'm Stefan, and this is Drag Mitch to Hell, the show where I subject poor Mitch to genre movies that I love, but believe he will hate. Alright, but right now we're just having a little bit of hell. So this is our series where we kind of just discuss what we've been watching, uh, and it's informal in general, and I love it, uh, with the added special treat of Mitch revealing his pick for dragging me to hell. Yes, and I'm I'm very excited about this choice. It's a it's a great movie, but I think that you'll hate it, and uh, and I bet that you have no idea what it is. Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start us off, or sure, I'll I'll start us off. What do, uh, do you what have? Do you a Do you have a glass of green beer in front of you? I no green beer. I thought about it, but uh, no, I'm drinking organic cucumber watermelon uh, water with electrolytes and vitamins. I'm having yeah. a sparkling water beverage uh, that oh, is orange and grapefruit. Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Trying to be uh, yeah, healthy, health conscious. Exactly. Zero yeah. calories. All right. Well, I know that we're going to talk about one of the nominations uh, for best foreign film or international foreign language film, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'll start us off by talking about the other one that's probably going to win. You've seen it and talked about it on here before, but I'll, I hadn't until recently. It's Drive My Car, <laughs> the incredibly exciting, fast-paced you know, thriller uh, from, uh, what is it, Japan? Yes, I think it's <laughs> Japanese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, uh, if you can't sense my sarcasm already, it is not a fast-paced movie at all, and it is a whopping three hours long. And this is a movie that you liked, um, that you mentioned you enjoyed on here previously. I won't get into the plot because uh, it's a little hard to describe <laughs> what the plot is. I think I did a pretty good job on our last episode, or our last little hell. So if you yeah, feel no, obligated, that, uh, somebody can go back and listen to it. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, man, Stefan, this one, this one was tough. This is a movie that I wanted to like more than I did, and that I appreciate movies like this exist. This is a challenging movie, I think, anyway. Um, again, especially being three hours long. Um, and I like that a movie like this exists. That's not something you'd usually see that does challenge the audience, um, especially challenging them to sit in their seats uh, and not look at their watch at all during, their, <laughs> during this movie. Cause it's tough, man. It is very slow. It, there's n not a whole lot that happens really. There's a lot of talking and there's a lot of storytelling. And Uncle um, Ben, yeah. And, and Uncle Vanya, which is, <laughs> you know, it, it was tough for me. Uh, you know, I watched it in the theater 
because I knew if I watched it at home that it was going to be rough, that I'd be, you know, wanting to go on my phone or pause it and go get a snack, get up, do something. I'm like, no, just go see it in the theater. You'll sit through the three hours and that'll be that. And so I did. And I'm glad that I did that. But I just think it's, I, I didn't know how to feel at the end of the movie or throughout a good portion of the movie. I didn't feel like I was making any sort of emotional connection with really any of the characters or what they were sort of going through. And there's a lot of extended driving sequences. It's called drive my car. Well, guess what? You're going to watch him drive his fucking car. And then you're going to watch someone else drive his car. And (laughs) I'm surprised you just like this this much to be completely honest, but I don't think it's it's certainly not a terrible movie by any means. There are things to appreciate. It's, it's just boring. It's just, oh man, it was, it's very boring. And I think that part of what bothers me or makes me not like it that much is the sort of reverence for it. And I feel like, yeah, I'm sure plenty of it is genuine, but I also think that people sort of want to hop on the the bandwagon or attach themselves or seem like they're, you know, into you know, movies that are challenging and, oh, you wouldn't get it. Uh, like that kind of, you know, air about it. Because I watch foreign of... films. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I love foreign films as well, but it's just, you know, as long as they're they're good. This, There are things in this movie that I don't think need to be in there. And I think I haven't seen other people saying these things where it's like, early on in the film well i don't even know if it's early on but the credits start at the 40 minute mark in this movie which is insane to me but it's a hell yeah for for me (laughs) (laughs) um there's a sequence where he's supposed to like fly out to another city uh, and the flight ends up getting canceled but we watch him get in his car drive on the highway park the car find out that the flight is or goes into the airport, finds out the flight has been canceled, gets back in the car. He drives more on the highway, parks his car. Like, and this is a probably five to eight minute sequence of mostly just driving the car and not, and doing sort of mundane things. And it's, you know, if I were to produce that and show it to someone and, you know, this within like 20 minutes of my movie, they'd be like, you can trim this like you can cut this down there's no point in in watching all of the driving here unless if we're just trying to establish a relationship that with between him and his car but like i think it's easier to or you know you can do that in other ways i mean he basically explains it when he gets to the you know what is it the where they're staging uncle vanya later on that he's directing um, they have that whole conversation about he likes to drive his car. He specifically asked for it to be his the place he's staying an hour away so he can drive and learn his lines and you know go through the play. Um, so like I get it. He likes driving his car and it's important to him and there's meaning there. But just yeah, so many shots of driving and then him sitting in the car listening to his wife's recorded version of Uncle Vanya. It it was a bit of a slog at times for me to get through this movie. Like I said, I checked my 
my watch a number of times that I just, you know, if you want to color me as I didn't get it, then sure, feel free. But I just didn't get it. Like, I didn't have any sort of emotional connection to anything that was really happening in the movie, whether it be the relationship between him and his wife or what's going on with him in this, uh, this sort of actor character and i'm gonna throw things out there that are not gonna make sense to other people listening probably unless you've seen the movie but you're gonna understand it uh, i don't feel the need to explain it yeah but there were things where they happened where one character ends up uh the police show up and they're like oh this you know you got into a fight on this day oh that person died and someone in my in the audience sitting in the same row as me audibly gasped and i was like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> We don't. I don't feel anything for this guy, and we didn't even see him do anything. Like we knew he was going to probably do something because it had been, you know, he had had problems with someone taking photos before with the paparazzi, and he sort of walks off camera, and you assume he's going to like beat the guy up or threaten him or do something, but you never see it. And then it comes back later on, and it's like, oh, that guy's dead, and it's like. Yeah. Okay. Who cares? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I I liked it. I thought it was impactful. But you know, this show is largely dedicated to varying opinions, and I totally get where you're coming from, and I appreciate it. And I think yeah, it's good yeah. to have a, a dissenting opinion. Uh, I'm sorry yeah. this didn't work for you, and I feel bad that I recommended it. Uh, that's that's not your fault. I'm, I mean, I'm I would have watched to ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> I would have watched it anyway. I mean, it's been getting rave reviews and nominations, and it'll likely win best foreign language film at the Oscars. Um, but the other movie that is nominated that I watched that you, I think you want to talk about as well, I think is the better movie of the two of them. Uh, I think I would agree. Far. Yeah. Um, so why don't we move on to that? That's yeah. my thoughts on Drive My Car. I, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, again, the cinematography, it looks nice. I think the acting is good. I just didn't have an emotional connection to it. And I got kind of bored because it's really long. Could have probably been trimmed by 30 minutes. Easily, easily. I completely agree it could be trimmed. Um, so I have something new and I have something old. What's your preference, Mitch? What do you want? Um, let's Let's start with the old. Okay, cool. So Shout Factory just put out a 4K of Alligator, uh, which is from 1980. It's directed by Louis Teague. And if you're looking for connective tissue uh, between <laughs> something that we've looked at on the show, he's the director of Wedlock. <laughs> if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. He also did Cujo, which is a really, really good movie. I, I, would, I would argue is a successful thriller. It's, it's super tight. The performances in that movie are great. Um, this stars Robert Forster as a uh, a movie cop with a checkered past, which I'm sure is a storyline you haven't heard before. <laughs> <laughs> it also stars uh, Robin Riker as uh, what do you call the people who study alligators? Like, there's like a I don't even fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. I was going to say horticulturalist. That's way wrong. <laughs> it, it, it's not important. Um, this is a movie that I grew up with and I loved a lot and watching it this time, it did take a little bit of a hit, uh, but I still enjoyed the film and the supplemental features that go along with this release are amazing. Uh, do you, would you hazard a guess at who PA'd on this film? Just to, you know, walk- on this film. Oh yeah. It was 1980, right? Yes. Is when this came out. 
Who peed? Oh man, I don't know. This I'm not I'm not good at this stuff. You're putting me on the spot here. I know, uh, I know. I, I I don't like that either, so I feel bad, but still guess anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did Piranha come out? What was James Cameron doing shit in the uh no, it was a I'll, I'll take that as a guess, and, okay. we can, and you don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Cranston was a PA on this. Um, really? Yeah, so there's a, a wonderful featurette about his experience with it, as well as his, as his interaction with Robert Forrester. Okay. And about how he was like such a nice, approachable person. And basically on set, you know, when you, when you have crew and cast transpo, they're usually in different places and don't interact. Uh, right. There's usually a, a huge demarcating line between crew and cast, which is kind of weird. But this was a lower budget film. And at the end of the the shoot, Bob Forrester was just kind of like, hey, can I just jump in with you guys and like catch a ride downtown? And, he's, and he sat next to Brian Cranston and he was like such a nice, pleasant person. Uh, and there's like a wonderful story about him being able to, to cast Robert Forrester in um, uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, so there's a nice kind of like book ending of the stories and like the relationship. And obviously uh, Robert Forster had passed away somewhat recently. Uh, like I think his last film was the, that movie, the Wolf of Snow Hollow that we both had watched. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a fun movie. The performances are great. Some of the prosthetics are amazing. There are some hokey shots, particularly where the alligator is coming up through the sidewalk. That looks pretty shitty, <laughs> but <laughs> the rest of it, it's like a fun movie. It's weird. What's the uh, what's the tone of this movie? Is it it knows it's silly and it's like going for it, or is it like this is a serious thriller, like your horror movie? Uh, it's more on the serious side, but it's some okay. that makes it funnier at times. And okay. th that's that's the, that's what I like. I don't typically like the the campy comedy, like the intentionally yeah. funny. Like like I liked Night of the Creeps growing up, but I don't I haven't watched that movie in forever because the tone isn't for me anymore. Like I, th I feel like I've kind of like you know grow it's rude to say like i'm not saying people should have to grow out of that but for me personally i've grown out of it so i'm not you know angling to watch that kind of stuff anymore whereas this just acting uh seriously largely is much more enjoyable and there's like mean stuff in it like a kid uh does a kid uh, die is that why no, you like this movie he, hell yeah he, he's like <laughs> he's being like forced to walk the plank at a birthday party and in the in the pool is the alligator <laughs> <laughs> the kid fucking dies. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, it, I um, I don't know if you'd enjoy it or not. Like, it it, it could be an episode. Well, I've got the it road, queued but, up. Uh, yeah, to watch at some point. Uh, yeah, you, you just watch it. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I think it's too good for like it's it's too close to what I think you might enjoy for me to consider programming it. It will just end up with like another in the cut situation. <laughs> <laughs> Now is it like so, a ninety minutes kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a. Okay, perfect. Let, let, me, let me pull up. Yeah, it's an hour and thirty-one minutes. Merciful. All right. Well, that's alligator. Sure. Uh, what, else and, you, and what else have you been watching? Here, by the way, the yes. person who studies alligators is a herpetologist. Oh, thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. I was yes. on. I was on the right track. I had an H. Yeah, you're close enough. Yeah, and like. Who really cares that listens to this? What, what if the, what, what, maybe <laughs> yeah. we have a herpetologist listener. I have no idea. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. all our herpetologist listeners. Yes, sir. Raise the roof. Yes. Um, well, yeah. what, what else have you been watching? So we talked previously about the movie Mass. The And I sort of mentioned my 
uh, interest or fascination with school shooting related films and did how you I really like school movie. shooting movie. <laughs> I did, yes. So a friend of mine, shout out to uh, to Steve, who listened to that episode, and he was like, "Hey, there's this movie called The Fallout, which is also a school shooting, uh, you know, related movie. You should watch that if you're a fan of these types of movies." And so I did. And I was a big fan of this as well. Um, it's a little bit different. Mass, as you have, may know if you're listening from listening before, as about the parents, uh, sort of aftermath years later, sort of coming together and having a meeting. This is a, called The Fallout because uh, it focuses on uh, one main character played by Jenna Ortega, who we talked about in Scream. And she's great. Um, I think we're both big fans. She's really good in this movie. Yeah. But um, so yeah, basically, it's the sort of aftermath, the immediate aftermath of surviving a high school shooting. Um, so she is a survivor of the shooting, and the fallout is sort of refers to that. It's what happens to her and some of the other students afterwards in terms of you know, you know emotionally and psychologically and their behavior, and and tackles it in a way that I thought was uh, was really nice. It seemed realistic it wasn't sort of melodramatic uh in any kind of way um it's it's good it doesn't focus on other areas that i've seen i mean i'm sure there's a movie that is similar like that tackles similar subject matter but most of what i can think of is you know the parents of the the students uh, or you know victims or um or the sort of act itself like there's a canadian film that i really like called the dirties um, oh, which yeah. is yeah, yeah. Um, sort of an odd combination that actually has a lot of humor in it as well, but it sort of builds up to a school shooting and it focuses on the kids involved in the shooting. And I feel like that's usually a lot of times the subject, whereas this movie um, pleasantly sort of does away with the shooter like at all. Like there is a sequence of that you where we're in the school shooting at the very beginning of the film, but I thought it was really effective because we just stay with our main character. We don't sort of, it doesn't turn into a, like a horror movie or anything. It's just with her in a bathroom and, you know, and that we don't focus a lot of time on the shooter themselves or anything like that. So I just thought it was a, a, a different perspective of this kind of story. And again, I'm sort of fascinated with these. I think Jenna Ortega is great. I think it moves along really well. It's only an hour and a half long. Um, I thought it was a really great film another one of my favorites from last year this is a 2021 release uh and directed by a canadian uh first time feature director megan park so you know for cool. a debut movie i was quite uh, quite impressed um so yeah that's my review of the fallout definitely worth watching you can catch it on crave i believe right now if you're interested like i said 90 minutes you're in you're out it's not too heavy. It's not like mass where it, you're going to be sitting there, you know, crying the whole time and, and feeling like shit. It's, it's, a, I mean, it, as much as it can be, it's a lighter movie than that. Um, so and it's not yeah. three hours long. And it is not three hours <laughs> long. Also, uh, you brought up the dirties, which I also believe is a Canadian film. Yes, it is. Directed by the Nirvana, the band, the show people, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. No, you are right cool yeah that i don't know what happened to that movie uh it just disappeared 
Yeah, uh, it, uh, I don't know how I became aware of it. Uh, it was years ago when I saw it initially, and I was like, oh, this is actually, you know, a funny but also, you know, effective uh, movie. And yeah, that yeah. seems to not really exist. I, I guess the, maybe the subject matter makes it a, a hard movie for like a distributor to want to pick up yeah. or work with. I don't know. But one day it'll get a good release, I'm sure, if it doesn't have one already that's hiding around in some boutique Blu-ray label. Yeah. A question for um, you. As yes, far as shoot. school shooting related movies, there's I think there's enough of them to ask this question. Yeah. Is there one that stands out to you as being, you know, the one that is the best or most effective, impactful one, your particular favorite? Well, I really liked we need to talk about Kevin, uh, because I really enjoyed the relationship between Tilda Swinton and uh real life sociopath. What's his name? Ezra Miller, thank you. It's interesting <laughs> because that's actually one of my least favorite ones. I, I, I'm not a fan hmm. of uh, We Need hmm. to Talk About Kevin. And it's been a while since I watched it. I didn't hate the movie. There yeah. were just things about it that I was like, I really don't care about, or not care about this, but care for how it handled some stuff. So I just like, I enjoy her working through the, the, you know, the mental maze of reconciliation with her child. Um, I, I, I like the the way they dot the 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 bullying from like the neighborhood uh, against her. Like she gets like red paint thrown at her house. Right. I believe like it's been a while since I've seen it. I just really liked it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't like elephant. I'm gonna put that out there. I think that's okay. not yeah, not a fan. Um, but what else? What are what are some other ones? Um, there's one that I think is also underseen that uh, is called beautiful boy which is not the oh yeah i know what you're uh, talking about yeah i think it's i want to say michael sheen and like maria bello play the parents of a school shooter and it's more about their sort of dealing with the aftermath um i don't yeah i want to say like kyle gallner plays the shooter which is pr- pretty typical yeah. casting for him um and but, the dirties uh, is good too yeah i don't yeah, know yeah the dirties yeah. i liked um yeah, I'm trying to think. What, uh, what a weird uh, fucking thing to. So I grew up in the states when after like Columbine, and I remember like even if somebody started to cross the school campus, like the, the the school perimeter, it would go into like lockdown. Yeah, it was like a very very odd time. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Like that's not really a, a fear at all that you had going to school in Canada. Yeah, it's it's weird because I left Canada at eleven, and then I came back when I was nineteen. And uh, also, the education system in the U.S. is horrifying. <laughs> I, I remember, like, I was like an okay student in Quebec, and then when I went to the states, they're like, "You're in all of the advanced programs now." I'm like, "I'm not that smart, guys. <laughs> that you're, that's an indictment of your education program." <laughs> uh, Shell, I you did a new movie, so I think I'll go into a new movie. Sound good? Sure. Cool. So uh, just last night, I watched Off Season, uh, which is the new movie by Mickey Keating. Uh, He had done Pod, a movie that I actually quite enjoyed. I thought it was a good low-budget horror thriller about uh, two siblings that are slightly estranged from their uh, other brother that has mental health issues. Uh, And they arrive at their family cabin and uh, the place is in, like, you know, uh, disarray, you know, newspaper on windows style stuff uh you know uh, uncleaned dishes and and things of the sort 
um, and they come across their brother and he claims to have trapped an alien and it's in the basement. Uh, so pod good movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this movie is way less successful for me as a viewer. Unfortunately, uh, it stars Jocelyn Donahue. Um, she is from the house of the devil, uh, a movie that I really, really enjoy. Huge Ty West fan, super excited for X. I'm hoping it's good. Uh, but unfortunately, her character, uh, Mary Aldrich, uh, by the way, a name that's kind of obnoxious because I feel like they're trying to desperately make the like Lovecraft connection. Eldritch is a popular, you know, name within like, you know, Love Lovecraftian lore. And then there's the Aldrich okay. Horror, which is a tabletop board game that's uh, Lovecraftian in, in nature. It, it just kind of was obnoxious to me, but uh, she gets word that her mother's grave, uh, she was buried in her hometown, a, a seaside community, uh, has been uh, desecrated and she has to come back to, to deal with it. And it's just as the town is essentially locking down to, to go into off season and the, the, the bridge is going to go up and it's not going to be lowered until the season's over. Um, it also stars, uh, I think, a, a person that we probably both enjoy, I would say, Joe Swanberg. We, 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 we Joe Swanberg heads over here. So is um, that accurate? In terms of like directing or acting? Acting. Or he both? acts in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, just acting. Do you like him or no? I, I couldn't say that. What have I seen him in other than like, I know your next. I, really, I know him well from that. But what what else is he in as an actor that I would remember him from? Well, I mean, he's like in a billion things. Okay. Uh, I, like what, what, what would I know him from? Steph? Did, you ever, did you ever watch Drinking Buddies or no? Or Digging for Fire? Or... Okay, I watched Drinking Buddies. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in that. Okay. Um, more he recently. Directed that, did he not? I think he, he did. And then, uh, oddly enough, Ty West acts in that one, I believe, uh, briefly. Yes. Yeah, he does. Um, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at his... He's in The Sacrament. Yeah, Sacrament. Well. Yeah. But most the, that's the rental. I actually liked The Rental, by the way. I know a lot of people did not like that movie, but I uh, I enjoyed it. I'm going to put that out there. The James... Or sorry, not James. Dave Franco? The Dave Franco one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah, it's not the best thing in the world. I think my expectations were so low that the movie was more competent than I thought going into it uh, that it was yeah. going to be, and I just I had more fun with it than I think a lot of other people. Um, but anyways, this the, the problem with this movie largely is the fact that all like it's low budget, sure, but they don't do anything with like character development is an easy thing if you have a low budget. You know, <laughs> like you can write a really cool character and you can have interesting interactions that's something that you can do that doesn't require a budget and this is like the most bland white woman fucking character i've ever seen in my entire life and it was intolerable i was so bored i didn't care what happened i checked my phone multiple times for this movie because i was just growing more and more bored it's it's an hour and 23 and feels like a drive my car length (laughs) long it has an ending that just feels like it's like, like the ending of like the endless or something like it like points to like a greater creature that the locals are, are you know, um, worshiping. And it's just it's been done before. It looks terrible. It's stupid. The cinematography and the music in it are, uh, are, are pretty successful. That's something positive I can say about it. But it largely it's just a really like it's a slog. It's not it's not it wasn't fun for me to watch at all. So I would urge people to not watch it, sadly. It's just a bummer. Okay, well, I will not be watching it then. Yeah, don't. It's probably something I never would have even knew existed if you didn't tell me about it. So (laughs) There you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, what else you got for me? Um, I think I've got one more thing. What the, what the fuck did I say I was going to talk about here? Uh, Fallout, that one. I mean, I can bring up the worst person in the world if you want to. Uh, to yeah, chat we can tag team this if you wanted to. Um, sure. I have to admit, so I watched this after we recorded, like literally the day after we recorded our last Little Help. So it's been almost a month since I've seen it. So it, it's it's been, it's been a little bit. Okay. No worries. <laughs> do my best. Yeah. We'll, we'll be pretty general here. And I don't think there's a lot of like super detailed plot points that you can really spoil. In this no, I think you can just like, set, up the, set up the character and you're good to go, I think. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. so I watched this last night and this is a Norwegian film uh, for those that are unaware it's nominated for an oscar as well and has been you know cleaning up as far as nominations and awards uh go and it's we talked about licorice pizza before i feel like this is the type of movie i was wanting to get when i saw licorice pizza that i didn't feel like i got which is uh, a movie about characters and their relationships and sort of following them through their as they navigate their lives but nothing sort of crazy happens. I mean, it's not an action movie or there's no mystery or anything. It's just these relationships and, and this, the central character. Uh, what, I, what uh, her name is Julie, I think, or Julia. Julie, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. One of, one of those two, Julie. Yes. Um, and sort of, you know, we start off with her. We learn that she's a student and she's trying all these sort of different career paths. She's you know in her twenties at this point. Um, and yeah, and basically it's just her sort of meeting people and navigating life, at, you know, over the course of, I think, four years, the film takes place. Um, and it's just that, which doesn't sound all that exciting. But the reason why this movie is successful for me anyway, versus Licorice Pizza is I cared about these people. They felt like real people and, you know, their relationships were felt real and interesting. And I you know, was curious to know what decisions they were going to make or what was going to happen, how it was going to impact her life. Um, and that's yeah. where it's successful. You get sucked into the characters um, and it's, you know, it's successful in that way. Whereas licorice pizza, another movie sort of a, that meanders a little bit and isn't really about one thing. It's just more about these people and their relationships in this time and place isn't successful for me because I didn't really care about the the characters. I didn't really develop a connection with them. And there's, you know, sequences in that movie that feel like they're just sort of, you know, there because it seems like a fun sequence instead of yeah. serving the, the plot or, you know, the characters. Whereas I don't feel that way here. And I think that this is a movie that has a great soundtrack. The performances are excellent. Um, and like I said, it, it feels real and it has just enough style to you know add something to the movie without becoming overly stylized there's really just a couple sequences where yeah. you get a little bit of that it's used sparingly and i think it's really effective in the way Man, that it does it. i couldn't agree more with everything you said i think this is like the most like simpatico film review ever <laughs> because like so julie's character which who like i think is like wonderful in the movie there's so many movies where you have kind of a character that feels like they're aimless or they're directionless and it can be kind of annoying to, to, to deal with them. This character is the exact opposite. It's so well written. Like you, 
you empathize with her so much through the course of the movie and uh, it, the, over the course of the movie, there's two relationships that she engages in. And the first one is with like an older cartoonist. And I like, I, I, I just enjoyed both of their relationships as she goes through them and as she kind of like understands what she likes and what she doesn't like. And there's yeah. like a deep sadness uh, towards the end of the movie that is just like, it's like a very impactful film and uh it's both funny and sad like it just runs the gamut and i really enjoyed my viewing experience you know yeah I, and i like sort of to go off what you were saying there is the, the the sadness at the end of the movie i won't get into like what it stems from but you def it is very impactful and it's because the characters are treated they're, they're so three-dimensional that they're not you know one character isn't a a villain or the hero you 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 empathize like you said with with everybody you sort of understand where everybody's coming from where people have some shitty traits but there's also great things about them as well which is you know how people generally are yeah. and so when when these when things happen towards the end of the movie and it it does make you sad it's because you've come to you know understand these characters and care about them and it doesn't matter if they're you know in a relationship or not in a relationship or what the sort of status is, you know, it's just, they're, they're human, which is, you know, what you want in a movie, which is why I was a big fan of this. Yeah. Uh, also, I, after this movie, I looked up Joachim Trier. I, I was like, that's a very, very familiar name. Uh, and I looked up, looked him up and he had done a horror movie called Thelma uh, that I now want to watch desperately. I'm going to probably check out maybe this weekend if I have time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't if know. If you do, like, uh, let, me, let me know. Yeah, I think yes, it's a great sir. movie. I think, I mean, obviously, I wasn't a huge fan of Drive My Car. So if I had to pick as far as the nominees, uh, this would be my pick to to win. Or what, you know, I, although I honestly, I couldn't say it's my favorite foreign language film of the year because you know how much I loved Riders of Justice. Uh, <laughs> but that's not a movie that's going to get an Oscar nominated. Uh, I don't know, with the fan category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw Malignant was doing well. Oh, uh, yes. And yes, I, I saw that as well. Fuck, man. <laughs> I hate the world. <laughs> but, like, so was C- Amazon Cinderella, apparently, uh, as uh, far as I'm aware of. So, just like, it's just nonsense. It's so pointless. It's just such a stupid effort by the Academy to try and appeal to the masses after like spider-man didn't get nominated or whatever again what once the, well, after the dark knight didn't get nominated it's like well we're gonna make 10 categories or 10 nominees rather for best picture so that we can include some of the more popular ones and then that doesn't happen it's like oh no people don't like that we're only picking the you know these movies so now we got to have the popularity award while also removing a bunch of awards from the telecast and then everyone gets upset about that i want to ask you about that though how do you feel about the Oscars cutting, you know, certain? Oh man, don't get me started. Sound out of the the broadcast or sound or whatever. It's like short films, yeah. I think, as well. The short categories. Like, man, get fucked. Like that's what I how I feel about it. To be completely honest, uh, it is like so frustrating. Like you don't have a movie if you don't have an editor, and you don't have like <laughs> yeah. sound is so important as well. And the fact that that is being cut is is you know deeply disappointing uh like it's just uh, the oscars are just becoming less and less relevant as time goes on and that addition of like a like a a, a voting category first of all i i hate like uh like um like viewership awards 
like Fangoria every year has the Fango Awards where it's a bunch of like dipshit neckbeards writing in like, <laughs> I like this movie with this killing it, bro. Like, it's so stupid. Like, you guys are supposed to be the experts. You pick the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the the fans get to vote in their own way and what they watch. Uh, like, it's just obnoxious to me. I, I could yeah. rant for a, a long time. but <laughs> Well, I I saw uh, like Seth Rogen commenting on the the Oscars not that long ago. Yeah. And the comment was sort of, you know, why does it matter if the Oscars are relevant? Like, who cares? Like, yeah. I don't, I think his quote was like, I don't give a shit about the automotive awards. Like, that's our industry if people like want to watch it great if they don't want to watch it who cares like if it's irrelevant to people who aren't in this profession that's fine 99 percent of awards are irrelevant to people that are not within that particular profession right. and so like which to me is makes total sense it's just like yeah who gives a shit if you're not get it like obviously they're trying to make money by having a telecast and you know yeah. they want to have that which is like fine, but I don't know. I honestly, on one hand, I think it's silly because you're right. Those uh, categories and like editors and the sound design, all of these things make a film. But at the same time, it's like, well, who cares if they're, if they want to have an hour long ceremony and just have certain categories are given, not televised. Like there's always, that's always been the case for other awards as well, yeah. where, it's like, oh, and what you didn't see, which we recorded on another night, was so-and-so winning a Lifetime Achievement Award and these things happening. And yeah, nobody gave a shit about that. So it's like, I understand it's a little bit different. It's, you know, fucking whoever, Morgan Freeman or whoever the fuck winning a Lifetime Achievement Award versus someone actually winning for one of the films nominated or something. That's yeah. a little bit more important. But at the same time, it's like, this is all just for... Like they're all just jerking each other off anyway. Yeah. Like, do, I mean, like, like you said, the Oscars are becoming less and less relevant yeah. more and more. And it's just like, uh, who fucking cares? I, I mean, the, the Seth Rogen thing is a bit of like a false equivocation. Like the automotive awards aren't the Oscars. Like the Oscars are a much bigger thing. And I think our, like it's representation or it's like stake in the industry is a little bit different. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, like, I mean, I don't care. Like to me, it's more of just like, I, I don't I don't understand what you're giving awards to anymore. Like I have like I have the lowest value of actors personally. <laughs> like, <laughs> like cut them. Who gives a shit? Like yeah. fuck. I don't know. Anyways. Um that, that's how I feel with the Oscars. We, right. But we both have complicated feelings about it. <laughs> All right, what uh what what are we moving on to now? It's your your turn, yeah, I, I have, I've, yeah, I've, I've two old things that I'm not going to say too much about. Uh, I rewatched Silent Partner, although I barely remembered it, so it was like watching it for the first time. Uh, this is directed by Daryl Duke, and it stars Elliot Gould as Miles Cullen, the late Christopher Plummer, uh, in one of my favorite roles of his, uh, as well as Susanna York. Uh, in it, Elliot Gould plays basically the uh the head of like the the front of house of of a bank in a mall in canada this is explicitly in canada which i also love um but uh one evening after they're kind of like finishing the wrapping out of like uh the bank and they're throwing away you know the 
in the olden days when you used to write out a check, there was a like transparent layer that would reveal the, the contents of what you've etched and you usually just chuck it. Uh, and he comes across uh, one of those uh, transparency layers and uh, on it reads, uh, in my like in my pocket is a gun and give me all the money in your till. So he knows that somebody is going to eventually rob his bank. And uh, what he does with that information is incredibly interesting. Uh, I love Elliot Gould's character because everybody kind of underestimates him throughout the movies, kind of this like, you think he's like a, he has no charisma. He's just like this blank, you know, uh, nothing person working behind a reception. And you, when you kind of un- unwrap the layers of this character throughout the course of the movie, uh, it, it becomes quite interesting. I, I love the way it okay. unfolds. Yeah, I think th- th- this I would recommend to you, Mitch. I think I have. I, I, I think you need to check this. I think it's a great movie. Um, and is, then it I also, a, is it a sweaty Elliot Gould uh there's a lot of sweat in this uh okay. and christopher Plummer is a a, a sexual sadist in it uh interesting and, yeah uh i don't know it's just a really really good movie um i would put okay. it on the level of the long goodbye um which i made you watch you did and i enjoyed it yeah so i think i think if you enjoyed that film i think you'd enjoy this one it's a good thriller super tight canadian which i appreciate definitely worth your time uh and then right. i also watched alone in the dark <laughs> and then, as you pointed out, <laughs> not the Christian Slater one. Uh, the Alone in the Dark that I watched is from 1982, and it's directed by uh, Jack Shoulder, uh, who's known for doing The Hidden as well as A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, both movies are worth your time. Uh, this one's kind of interesting because it has Jack Pal- uh, I can't say his last name for the life of me. I don't know what it is, but Jack Pal- Palance? Plants? Jack Palance. Plants. I don't, it just, it doesn't sound correct. No matter, like my brain just <laughs> short, it goes haywire before I get to his last name. Uh, but also uh, Donald Pleasance, Martin Lando, uh, Erland Van Lind is in it and he's great. Uh, but essentially a new doctor is going to a uh, psychiatric institute and he's replacing uh, another doctor and uh, the Jack Plants, Martin Lando. I hope I got his name right there, but we'll find out. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I can't say it, man. Uh, Donald Pleasance are sorry, not Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance is the head of the Psychiatric Institute. Erland Van Lind is the other uh, patient. But they're uh, a collection of, uh, I'd say, like violent schizophrenics. Um, uh, and they become preoccupied with the new doctor thinking he has murdered their previous doctor uh, and replaced him. So when the power goes out and the backup generator fails to trigger, uh, the inmates escape and they go after our new doctor. Uh, and it's a, it's an odd movie. It's like uh, the it has an anticlimactic ending that's quite interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, there's weird explorations of characters that you don't typically get in slasher films that aren't interested in characters for the most part that makes this kind of fun and everybody's chewing the scenery. Martin Lando plays like a like preacher that has a sing-songy kind of voice. That's kind of funny, you know? All right. Yeah. And, I th- and I think what is the name of the movie, sir? Alone in the Dark. Alone? Um, yes. Yes, sorry. Not starring Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah, not um, Christian Slater one. Yeah, I think it's worth... I, I don't know if you'd enjoy it, Mitch, to be completely honest. I don't think I'd recommend it to you, but if you do enjoy slashers, particularly those from the 80s... Um, there's also a good historical importance to this movie because Jack Shoulder, who again goes on to direct the second Nightmare on Elm Street movie, uh, 
takes the name from the town of this film, and that becomes the town where uh, uh, Freddy is terrorizing. So there's a bit of like horror history, uh, you know, that makes this movie a little bit more important than it otherwise would have been, I suppose. But okay. definitely, definitely worth your time if you're into that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I think that's it for me until uh, our two main things. I don't know where you're at. Oh, what's the other main thing? I I forget. Did we want to do the, the decline or no? Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to leave all of this in so people can watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally <laughs> forgot that we were uh, going to chat about that. Why don't I set us up for it? We can, I think we can briefly talk about this. We both, Mitch loved this movie, recommended it to me. I watched it and then I loved it. Uh, also, what an odd experience. I watched this on the day like uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it made this movie extra surreal. But uh, this is directed by Patrice La Liberté. Um, it stars Guillaume Lorrain. Uh, Marie-Avelaine Lassard, Riel Bose, and who else do we have here? Marc Beaupré. I don't know who else. It's All your favorite actors. All your favorite actors. This is obviously a Quebecois film, um, but it's about the central character is a burgeoning survivalist. We meet him as he's like getting his his uh, his partner as well as his child to the the boat or the ferry uh, that's near his property to see how quickly it would take them to escape if there were, say, like a, a an attack of some kind or a catastrophe. Sure, that is unreasonable. But as far as survivalists go, I feel like this guy is not too off the reservation. You know what I mean? Like, he seems yeah. pretty reasonable. Yeah. Uh, but he is uh, a huge fan of this kind of like a YouTube survivalist personality uh we see him and his like daughter uh making like anaerobically packed uh uh food uh you know with with a like he's ironing shut the the bags uh yeah yeah uh, but he gets to go away to this person's compound along with a few other people and things decay very or decline very quickly <laughs> uh mitch before you get into it there's one thing that you said that i thought was very very accurate uh you said it's a, a tight thriller and i didn't know where it was going throughout the course of the film and i would wholeheartedly agree with that uh as my take as well so yeah no it's uh a movie that a friend of mine recommended he was just like oh there's this french canadian survivalist movie on netflix that i watched that you know you should check out and that's all i knew about it going in and i was happy i didn't know much more than that um yeah it's a really like you said really tight thriller it's you know it's interesting it goes in directions that you're not anticipating it's well acted there's you know there's money on the the screen and that's one thing that is is tough with a lot of canadian films um you can see the budget a lot of times, um, which isn't you know necessarily uh, or not in a good way. But in this movie, it just felt like it's like yeah, they had enough money to make this look good, uh, and it does look good. And it's I don't know if I mentioned this, but it is well acted. Like I said, it's it's everything going for it. It's short. It's eighty three minutes. So yeah, just a really good solid uh, Canadian made thriller um and yeah just certain things where you would expect it to do something and it does not do that and i appreciate that in movies when they surprise me so yeah i would even say like 
what what manifests as the villain is like not what you'd expect going into the film either. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. it, it's a bit more complicated than that. And I don't want to get into it because I obviously don't want to ruin this for anybody who hasn't seen right. it. But uh, it, yeah, the, the the characters are all interesting. Um, there's one scene in particular that shocked the hell out of me uh, that relies on a special effect and it actually looks good, which is a testament to the budget being used correctly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that scene in general and in, in the aftermath is like, uh is filmed very very nicely and and just looks devastating but uh yeah i don't know i i thank you for recommending that film i I really enjoyed it yeah well thank you to my friend ian because he's the one who uh told me to watch it so thank you ian yes all right cool should we get into our, our main topic now let's do it the batman that's right yeah all right so we're much like scream we're gonna do this in uh two ways the first is a spoiler free our thoughts on it uh and then we will give you a good warning before shutting us off if you haven't seen this uh to avoid spoilers uh, and we'll give you that warning as we we go to it but mitch uh we we have a reverse drive my car here uh i would like <laughs> you to start with the good and then i'll come in with the bad okay so yeah. i was a fan of this movie the batman um. <laughs> I was a fan of this movie, the Batman. <laughs> Sorry. I'm now you look at myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, over. <laughs> no, it's uh it's it's much more my speed as far as like superhero movies go, and Batman definitely has the ability to to do that but this is a heavily inspired or influenced by seven for sure like you can see that in the you know in watching this movie and that seven's one of my favorite movies and i just like a detective sort of mystery serial killer kind of story and and you get that here just with batman involved as you know one of the lead detectives i suppose he, he's the brad pitt to jeffrey wright's morgan freeman um but uh <laughs> yeah i thought that the, the performances were generally good i didn't feel the three hours as much as i think some people did um i think it moves relatively quickly but um yeah good performances i do like i said i like the style um like the sort of moodiness and i think the mystery sort of builds and it's not you know for the characters it's who is the riddler i think we sort of at least we already know who is sort of is involved. Um, but what is the connection between all of these people that are getting killed? And that, you know, I was interested in and I felt like it played out well throughout the movie. Um, I won't, I'll let you get into the bad. I won't give my sort of criticisms of it at this point, but I, but I dug the movie. I liked it. Yeah. To be honest, a lot of my criticism will come in the spoiler category just because yeah. it, it requires like a more explanation towards like the, like general plot elements but right. uh i did feel the runtime for this movie i thought the third act was pretty limp uh personally again i won't get into like why that is uh, you'll have to come back and visit for the spoilers if you haven't seen it but uh, uh I, by the way i did enjoy uh i'm gonna butcher his name but michael giacchino's uh score i thought was really really good yes I thought the cinematography is amazing it's the I can't remember the guy's name, but he did um, uh, Killing Them Softly. 
um what's his name it's like uh honestly brendan frazier <laughs> hey, right, well, i hope like, it was greg frazier there uh you know. very close to brendan frazier so you know <laughs> uh <laughs> give me a touch of grace on that one uh the movie looks very very good it looks uh like uh almost like the classic anamorphic style where there's a central and focus region and focus kind of tapers off towards the uh, edges of frame it looks quite nice um there is a downside during several action scenes a lot of the photography is pretty tight so it's heavily cut down so it's hard to get a a, it's hard to discern sometimes what's going on in particular there's the the chase scene that's featured in the trailer that I thought went on way too long and I didn't really know what was going on because it's such tight, close shots that I didn't feel the gravity of the moment. Um, although that being said, when the, the Batmobile is revealed is probably the only time that I legitimately got excited during this whole fucking movie. I don't know what <laughs> it was. It's like a muscle car inspired vehicle. Yeah. It's designed by Ash Thorpe, who's a graphic designer, a sort of digital artist that I enjoy a lot. Uh, and it looks just fucking cool uh definitely i don't even, i don't like cars man and i was still just like yeah, ooh, yes <laughs> like shifted <laughs> in my seat uh rested my uh chin on my my closed uh, my fist i guess and just enjoyed it um but yeah i don't know there, there there are no characters really in this movie everybody's one note with the exception of uh catwoman slash selena kyle and even that's right. kind of weak um, so that was that was another slight for me. Again, if this is, if this is a three hour long movie, I, I want to like, you know, give me more of the characters. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm I'm with you. I think that the character development could have been improved. Like you said, everyone sort of has one speed throughout yeah. the movie, and I'm I'm with you in the the last act, sort of falling short of for me the the rest of the film in certain ways. Where it, uh, without getting into the sort of what happens, it feels more like a superhero movie to me at that point that I'm just yeah. like, ah, okay. Um, why don't we just get into spoilers? Sure. We'll leave our spoiler free comments as Mitch enjoyed. And I did not enjoy as much. I, I thought it was a competent movie, by the way. I didn't, I didn't hate yeah. it. I didn't dislike it. I just thought it was like an average time. I, I on letterbox. I think I gave it a three out of five. So by no means like a bad review. It's just like an average you yeah. know, reception for me. So, uh, why don't we get into spoilers now? How about that? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right, cool. Uh, do you want to dive in first or shall I? Um, I'm happy to to dive in first. I'm just going to sort of jump right to the to the end there, which I think is yeah. know, spoiling things, but it's like the biggest issue in the movie for me, which is the sort of the after we've found the Joker or the Joker, the fucking Riddler. <laughs> it's like, but it's interchangeable. Uh, That's the problem. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I mean, other than there are riddles, like it's, you know, yeah. you could swap in the Joker and just change a couple things and it would work just as well. Um, but I, I thought that Paul Dano was effective as the, there's a couple moments where he might overdo it, but uh, um, <laughs> I, after he's caught, and goes to jail. Um, there's the classic, oh, well, like, he's got other things going on, like, beyond this. Like, it's not over yet. And the things that are going on is he's got, he blows up the walls around the city that are sort of keeping the the water out. And the city becomes flooded. And he's 
his sort of like what did the incel henchmen uh, followers <laughs> uh, are take up arms at the like top of this stadium, and I thought I'm like oh shit like this movie's going for it because it starts off and they're all sort of up there and they're like masks and with their rifles and shit. And I'm like oh like they're gonna start opening fire into this crowd of people like this is gonna be a mass shooting yeah. right now, and to me that was interesting and if you actually did that in a superhero movie i think it's a little ballsy um, which i respect but it doesn't go that way it goes the route of you know oh they they shoot at the what is it the mayor the new mayor of the town to try and get her and they don't (laughs) do any they don't do anything else really and then he shows up and he fights them hand-to-hand combat. Well, I mean, they shoot him and it doesn't really do anything. But then it just, like, that's, it. that's where it becomes just a superhero movie where it's just like, oh, now he's just beating beat these guys up. And, like, yeah, the water's flowing into the scene, but, like, I don't care. Like, there's no, I don't really give a shit about it. Like, these people or what's happening, he's just fighting people. Like, after the, you know, sort of aftermath of, you know, the Riddler and that's done, we're just like you said sort of limping into this finale where it's just kind of like okay like yeah now i'm just watching it to like get to the end of the the movie whereas before i was invested and interested in this sort of mystery and you know the different ways that he was finding people who's involved what's going on but at this point and it's just like oh yeah now he's now it becomes just like an action set piece which I didn't need. And I don't really give a shit about those a lot of the time, which is why superhero movies don't really appeal to me. Um, big, like, you know, action CGI, set pieces are rarely yeah. done overly well. Um, so that's where specifically it falls flat for me. And I think that if you the movie was able to, then they would never do this because they don't have the balls to spend that much money. But make it an R rating. I think you could have made this movie a little bit more horrific and that much more impactful. Like, there's a lot of kills or he's killing people the riddler is setting people up to die much in the way of like a a jigsaw or whatever um and leaving clues and things like that and sure like you so you know there's a guy that blows up and and certain things but seven is impactful because you see the gruesome nature of these things so when you actually see the you know kevin spacey's revealed and you know you get to know his character and it's kevin spacey <laughs> yeah. he's just as disgusting a person as he is in real life <laughs> yeah. that's the reveal yeah. but yeah. Like, it just makes it that much like creepier and scarier and like i said more horrific which which makes it more impactful and same thing if you start opening fire into a crowd of people that's terrifying being one yeah. of these people in there but they don't go that route they got to dial it back to be, you know, PG-13, PG-13. So you can't like really have excessive blood or anything. And so that's where it could have gotten, you know, could have moved up a little bit more. Like I said, I still enjoyed the movie. I think they pushed where they could for a PG-13 movie, but you just, just fucking go for it, man. Give me what I want. Fuck the masses. <laughs> you love school shooting movies. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I was, there's one other thing that you said that made me laugh when you said that the the Riddler is uh, gets like he gets caught and he's like, oh, you think that's all? I've got other things going on. <laughs> it made me feel like Batman's like, what do you do? He's like, I'm a cabbie, but I have other things going on in my life, <laughs> like, like his side <laughs> hustles or something. 
um yeah so uh that scene uh there are a few problems with that for me the the first is what you already said we we saw you know the joker and the dark knight getting captured and just being like that's it's part of my plan i have other like i have other things that are going to go on beyond this that you can't control right uh that to me is kind of boring and i I don't enjoy it we've seen it before and, and done better um the other thing is uh, I mentioned uh, this to you, and it really bothered me. There's an overuse of Ave Maria in this movie. <laughs> it's almost like to comedic extents. Then Paul Dano, bless his heart, he's a great actor, uh, fantastic. Uh, he's poorly utilized in this movie, I think. Um, but he starts singing Ave Maria, and it just made me think of Garrett in Community singing Ave Maria at Starburns' <laughs> funeral. Like, it's just... It, there are multiple times in this movie where they undercut the 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 dramatic tension that they've cultivated throughout the course of the film. There's this that comes to mind, and then you know uh, we, we can talk about it. But uh, the scene where he's actually captured, he's doing like the fucking latte art question mark, and it's obnoxious. <laughs> it like turns this good scene into dog shit and literally like the 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 time it takes to you boom the camera over to his stupid cop after he's been arrested you know what i mean yeah and it's it's, i mean it's unnecessary to to have that why why do you need it there you know what i mean like it seems like it's just there so that they can use that shot in the trailer to be like oh a question mark because it's the riddler it's like we know it's the fucking riddler at this point where you know we know who he is we know it's the Riddler. We don't need an extra. We don't need latte art to yeah. add anything to it. Like you said, it just sort of undercuts what's going on already. Like, yeah, it's just kind of silly. Why? Why do you need to put that there? Yeah, I also thought the Riddler's motivation was stupid uh, and and poorly. Like, it's just like one line of exposition that is barely touched on in the movie, so we don't really get a true understanding of what drove him to to do it. He's yeah, doing. That's true. It's basically like so. The Riddler is uh, grew up in the like the the orphanage that the the, the elder Waynes had uh, been supposed. They were supposed to be supporting through their foundation, uh, but unfortunately, the crime bosses have clawed away, and the cops, I believe, who are also involved, have clawed away the budget for that and was left in destitution. And that cultivated the Riddler. That's correct to say, right? Is that? yes a fair assessment it's a stupid ass like it again you you haven't earned that i don't i I, when they revealed it i was just kind of like oh like huh yeah i I agree that it wasn't overly impactful to find the the motivation yeah i do like that they tried to make uh uh, it's thomas wayne is bruce wayne's father i believe right yes uh, I do like that they tried to make him not just like the white savior who's just like I'm. A, I do good things and that's it. And that and it it, it kind of like cracks the foundation of of, of um, the Batman slash Bruce Wayne's vision of his father, which I think is yeah. interesting. But I again, he doesn't really have. Uh, and Robert Pattinson's a great actor. Good time, amazing movie. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. I like Cosmopolis. Like I could go on and on about his performances that I do enjoy, but here he just doesn't, there's no character. I like, I don't care. Ultimately when they do twist the vision of uh, Thomas Wayne and, and Bruce is coming to this realization, I don't care whether or not he ultimately is impacted by this or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
That makes sense. Um, and yeah, like I said, he's one note throughout the the entire movie, which is sort of brooding and angry. And emo Batman is it's pretty much, and that's, yeah. and that's the entire film for the most part. Anyway, there might be one or two sequences where you know he doesn't do that, but yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it. Yeah, and and like this movie is cribbing so hard from like Zodiac and Seven that yeah. you know if you're gonna do that, you gotta you know meet those movies on their level. And for me, this didn't. Um, you know, yeah. and it, it's a such a, it's such a shame because the movie looks great, and again the score is fantastic. Aside from the Ave Maria, I think there is like an <laughs> instrumentation version that that's done in the movie that's obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, also, like, there's so many things that uh, colored my perception of it going into it. Like Matt Reeves was like, "Oh, I want to make like Batman Kurt Cobain," and I was like, "Ah, shut up! Stop talking, man." <laughs> uh again like this movie could have been an hour and a half and and been fantastic if basically so another problem with me for me is that the riddler does disappear for a large section of this movie when he's trying to uncover like the the greater uh uh conspiracy behind the events that are you know creating this film where right. I, I just feel like they could have weaved in more of the riddler in some way uh, got rid of the maybe he, he, I, honestly the arrest scene should have that should have just been the finale of the film and and get rid of the like incel supporters of the Riddler uh, via his like social media stuff. I did find that funny though. I have to say when he's like, I'd like to thank my like he doesn't say subscribers, but it's like <laughs> very much like a like and subscribe kind of like interaction that I found yeah. kind of funny. I like but, that a lot, but you know like. There, there, yeah, there I think wasn't a good movie sorry. here. No, I was just gonna say, like, if this movie had done like, like, just had one like good edit to the script, I think it could have been fantastic. Yeah, I think you're right in that the movie could have ended with him being captured. I would have thought it was great if he gets captured and we're sort of under the impression nothing more is going to happen, and then he blows up, you know, and then the explosions go off we don't need the incels we don't need the shooting but it's like he still you know is going to kill a lot of people you didn't do your job entirely you missed this entire thing that he did and it ends in a way that's like oh batman has failed here um and which is more interesting to me and then we don't have to have the superhero fight scene at the end um that doesn't do anything for me Um, yeah I, i but i'm a you know i like a downer ending so yeah that's that's me but um, absolutely the ending where so uh gotham is is buried under like uh some dirty ass city water right and the ending monologue is like but crime is still out there and i've got to go i'm like shut the fuck (laughs) up man (laughs) like it's like the most tone deaf voiceover like man just go help somebody right now dude voiceover is such a hard thing to pull off well in movies because it's almost always used in the beginning to set up like to tell us what the character is thinking then it disappears for the next you know 90 percent of the film only to come back at the end because you have because there was voiceover in the beginning we should probably have something here um and it's just oftentimes it just is weak and i don't think it's it's needed here Um, but two things i want to ask you about I yes. don't want to run too long here. Number one yeah. is, how'd you feel about Colin Farrell in the movie? 
Uh, I thought Colin Farrell was great. Uh, I enjoyed his performance. Um, you know, like a lot of times when people wear like a whole bunch of prosthetics, the prosthetics wear the actor. You know what I mean? And I didn't yeah. feel like that was the case. I think he like acted beyond the makeup. Like it, it wasn't distracting is what I mean. Like his performance just like was so much better than the role deserved. And I, I really enjoyed it. How yeah, no, he, I think he's, like it yeah. I think he's great in it. Yeah, I, I really I think Colin Farrell is pretty wonderful in most things that he's in. But uh, this is, you know, another case where that is true. He's he's great in the movie. Like you said, the he's better than the role is. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else in this doing the same character would have been probably boring, uh, but he brings life to it uh, and, and some fun. So I really liked him. Other thing I wanted to ask you about, I think we may have talked about it, but just so that our thoughts are on here. Um, The scene with the Joker. Okay, Uh, I was going to bring that up. So there's only one bad performance in this movie for me. (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) to say, it's Barry Kagan. Is that how you say his last name? I always pronounce it as Kyogen, but I have no fucking idea if that's correct. Yeah, I have no idea either. Uh, He's the kid from Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, What else has he done? Uh, he's in American Animals. He was in The Eternals. Oh, yeah, good point. Right, 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 right. The Green Knight. Oh, The Green Knight, uh, he's the, the shithead. Yeah, okay. Um, The Green Knight, he's the shithead. He's like the leader of like the, the people that rob and and uh, steal uh, the guy, his, fuck, his axe Gowan. or whatever. Yeah, Gowan's axe, yeah. Uh, I like him as an actor. I just thought the, the Joker was obnoxious. Well, it's it's such a stupid shoehorning in of the joker that's one thing i don't like uh and i was hoping that fucking matt reeves would have a little bit more artistic integrity than to just throw that bullshit in um but it's it just feels like studios being like oh yeah we want like a like a joker cameo almost type thing in there set it up for the next one or you know just who cares why do we need the joker we don't and the way you give him to us in this movie is like shadowy figure at arkham asylum laughing and having this stupid conversation like man just leave it out we don't need a fucking joker reference or cameo or appearance in this movie we we don't need it we've got fucking the riddler and we got penguin we've got these other batman characters that you know leave them the fuck out of it (laughs) Your other bad characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it's, I, 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 let me collect my thoughts here. Okay. So I, I saw an article, I think earlier today or yesterday, that I, I really agreed with. And it's that they, the next movie shouldn't do the Joker at all. Like, just, there's so many other interesting characters to like mine. Like, yeah. I think even recently, Nicolas Cage is like, let me play Egghead. Uh, which isn't a character, I don't think, from the comic book, but, but is rather a uh, character from the uh, the TV show that was created for it. But okay. like that would like I'm down with that, like 150 percent. I don't want the the Joker. There's too much baggage with that right now. Then maybe in the third film, if if you you know are are continuing on, pursue that. But like I don't I don't care. Like yeah, I really no, don't. We, yeah. we've- We've had the Joker several times, some very successful, some not so much. Just fucking <laughs> do something new. You know, give oh, me a character man. that I haven't seen in a Batman movie before instead of the same fucking characters that you've given all the Batman movies. I just thought of Jared Leto when you're like, it's some unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I was referring to. Yeah, of course, without being rude. I'll be the rude one. I like being the yeah. rude one. Um, 
yeah i don't know i again there are things that i did enjoy about this movie there's like small little touches like uh when um the batman is like uh he's I, this is after the i think the explosion he's brought into for questioning and he's surrounded by a bunch of cops and commissioner gordon's there and like this is a tense moment where like all the cops really don't like batman and one of them like fucking pokes at his like ear and he like turns around and punches the cop like it's like it's what i wanted in that scene where it's like yeah, yeah this guy's gonna fuck with him and like the play with his stupid pointed ear you know what I, mean? <laughs> I was like that that seems like an accurate funny thing to yeah. to have to to create like weird tension and drama in the scene that you know somebody might see and just be like oh okay whatever but for me is like i think it's pretty cool and funny i don't know yeah definitely yeah do you have uh, much more to say? I think I'm out of. I'm out. I'm out. I, to, to chat about with the Batman. Yeah, I'm out. Um, I think th- this is the this is the moment. This is the moment where I reveal what uh, the next film is. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, drag Stefan to hell. Uh, the next time we're doing this, which is a, a real treat for me. Um, firstly. You know, let's let's play with this. Let's build some anticipation here. Okay, okay. Do you have any guesses as to what I might be picking to drag you to hell based on what I know about things that you don't like in movies? Yes. So I think I have a good guess, actually. Uh, okay. I don't know for certain. So I, I made you communicate to my partner what that movie was. And then I, I did this for a reason. I, she's a terrible liar. So she... she I can I could gather from a look if she's holding something back. Oh no! Uh, I, so my guess, I, I hate musicals. I don't like music, and I know you love a certain movie that has those things in it. Uh, and I guessed Sing Street. Is that correct? This is a hundred percent a wild ass guess. <sighs> Fucking your partner, man. She ruined it. Uh, ruined the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't ruin it. She didn't. I know. I know. I'm joking. I'm kidding. But uh, but yes, I love this movie. Thing yeah. Street is a, an excellent movie, and it combines two <laughs> things that I know you don't like, which is musicals and children. Yeah. Uh, and this movie is heavy on. I wouldn't say heavy on both because the it's not a musical in the sense that they sing everything they fucking do. Because I don't right. like that. Uh, this is a movie where the music makes sense because it's about kids who form a band and they're playing music because they're in a band. Not they're singing because they're Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman and he's like, I want a <laughs> loaf of bread. Like, no, shut the fuck up. I don't care. Um, no. So th- th- it's my kind of musical, which is better yeah. than the usual ones. Um, it, and, so, and yes, it has children in it and um what we've learned from halloween 3 season of the witch is that uh nobody likes the irish right <laughs> so uh it's also uh, i think uh, irish director john carney who made it and so you know it works on a number of levels and hopefully it's true, it's true. it drags you to hell i had another movie that i was debating picking that is similar and i wanted to watch it before we did this so I could maybe see if I wanted to do that instead. Um, Would you be comfortable I, revealing that title? Yeah, for uh, sure. I won't pick it for another one just because it's too similar as far right. as what I, it's, it's called band slam, which is another movie <sighs> that about terrible man. That sounds- <laughs> uh, 
young kids and they form a band and there's this like competition oh. with the music. I was like, but, and it's, it's a worse movie than Sing Street, which is why okay. I was like, okay, I liked it. And it's probably more likely that you will dislike that than Sing Street. But Sing Street is just the better movie and it still is music and kids. You probably still won't like it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to watch <laughs> Sing Street and you will be dragged to hell, Stephen. So I, I know you're, you're perturbed that it's not a big surprise. <laughs> I, but I do have to say, so I know nothing about this movie. Uh, I, I know you liked it and I remember you describing it. I think it was on our best of when we first started the show. You'd mentioned it maybe. I think it was when we were on the movie Madhouse for the best of the the 2010s. Oh, okay, okay, uh, I okay. think I mentioned you, it in that. You did bring it up uh, while we've been doing, uh, uh, like, in, in the podcast medium, you brought yes. it up. So that that's why it was kind of, like, fresh in my mind. And when you were describing it, I was like, that sounds like not anything that I'd ever watched my entire life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I asked my partner, I was like, you know, do you think I would like this movie? She's like, I don't understand who wouldn't, but also you probably wouldn't like it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I guess I'm a monster. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to, honestly, I'm looking forward just to watching it again because I only watched it the one time, but I loved it. Uh, so I'm excited to watch it again. And I'm very curious to see if you can, if you if it gets past the, uh, you know, Stefan wall of, children singing uh or you know if you can move past that and come to enjoy it despite those things i don't think i will but we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited either way uh well i guess we're all finished for today why don't we say goodbye all right bye <laughs> it's a goodbye like the riddler <laughs> slash the zodiac killer goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> 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 all right, that's a good ending right there